It's here that we come to the 23rd Psalm. This psalm's incredible. It teaches us about God. It teaches us about our needs. It, it reminds us that God is everything that we need in the present moment. In seasons of peace, in seasons of war. It's about a hundred words long in our modern day English, but it was only 55 words in the original Hebrew I think it's interesting it begins with the two words, the Lord, or the one word Yahweh in Hebrew, and it ends with the word forever. The Lord forever. That's how it starts and that's how it ends. I'm excited to preach to you about the 23rd Psalm. Excited to take some time to dive into it. It's placed exactly where it needs to be. In Psalm chapter 22, it talks about the crucifixion of the Lord. It even prophesies some of the things that Jesus would say. Psalm chapter 24 talks about Mount Zion. That is the fulfillment of the Lord's coming. That is when this world as we know it is no more. And, 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 and the new Jerusalem, if you will, is restored. It is a, and we see the death of Jesus. In Psalm 22, we see the return of Jesus in Psalm 24, but we see the presence of Jesus in Psalm 23. Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24, they teach us about our past, our present, and our future. They're powerful psalms. The Lord. Let's get started with Psalm 23. The Lord. If you notice in your Bible, the word Lord is capitalized. That simply means that that is the name of God. It is the word Yahweh. It is His personal name. To the best of our ability to understand where His name came from, it really comes from two consonants. I am. When you take those two consonants, I am, in the Hebrew and combine them together, it brings us real close to the name Yahweh. If you remember when Moses was told by God in Exodus chapter 3 to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go, and God had told Moses that He would use Moses to bring out the children of Israel out of captivity, Moses said, who do I say sent me? And this is when God said, tell him, I am has sent you. It is a very personal name of God. It is not just that He is God. When we talk about God, a lot of times we use that term like we would use the term the president or the king or my boss. But the word Yahweh is a personal name. It is the personal name of God. And Psalm 23 opens up with that word Yahweh. Can I tell you today that God is a personal God? He wants us to know Him personally. One of the most tragic ways to live your Christian life is living it distant from God. Not knowing Him personally. Not spending time with Him personally. But just thinking of God as some distant, far away being that one day you hope to meet. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is personal. He wants to know you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you you to know Him. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants a personal, intimate relationship with you. I am. In essence, God says, I'm everything you need. 
I am the strength when you have none. I am hope when you feel hopeless. I am healing when you are sick. I am the answer to death. I am the life, the resurrection and the life, Jesus said. I am all that you need. I am the reason you were created. I am the lover of your soul. I am, God says. Thank God that He is the great I am, not the great I was. It's not that God was at some time the eternal Creator. It's not that God was at some time the One who loved us, the One who protected us, the One who cared for us. But it's that He is the great I Am here today, tomorrow, and forever. The Lord. That's who we're talking about today. Yahweh. The One true living God. We are who we are because of who He is. Without God, we're nothing. We are who we are because of who He is. Our great problem is we don't know who He is. We know a lot about Him, but we don't know who He is. We know a lot about God, but experientially in many ways we don't know Him in in the intimate, personal way He wants us to. We need to meditate on who God is. You know, when you start to think about all that God is, it's difficult. It's hard to wrap your mind around Yahweh. It's hard to wrap your mind around the one true God above all other gods. He said as our, uh, I think it was our uh, theme song this week in Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 5, if I'm not mistaken. God said, I am the Lord, your God, and there is no other God besides me. We're talking this morning about the one true living God, the great I am, the Holy One of Israel. There is none other but Him. He was before time. He is of all eternity. He holds the world in His hands. He has all power. This is Yahweh. And He's not just Yahweh, but He's my God. He's your God this morning. The great I am. The Lord. Our minds can't fathom the greatness of God. I want to say briefly, I meant to say it in, 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 by way of introduction and forgot. There's a pastor in Nashville. Now I've even forgot his whole name. Rob Morgan. Rob Morgan penned down a book titled, The Lord is My Shepherd, several years ago. It's a book about shepherding. He's actually had sheep that he raised up in his backyard for his children. He spent years studying, and it's been an incredible tool to help me as I've studied the 23rd Psalm. And I want to give him credit for a lot of the things that uh, I'll be sharing with you over the next several weeks. But speaking of the magnitude of God, Rob Morgan, he mentioned uh, the great river that flows out into the ocean and dumps into the ocean. He said, imagine standing beside that river and trying to pull out all of the water with an eyedropper that I have in my pocket. He said, it's impossible. Yet that's what it's like trying to wrap our mind around the greatness of God. And when we really try to think about the greatness of God, It can be overwhelming. When we try to understand how far does God's grace go? How far can you go and God still reach you in that pit and pull you up? 
messed up does a life have to be before God can't change it? We know the answer is God can take anything. God can do anything that He wants. God can raise up Lazarus from the dead if He so chooses to. How great and wide. Paul said that we could grasp, that, that He wishes that we could grasp the depth and the height and the width, uh, all of this of the love of God. What about the wisdom of God? How can we grab our minds around Yahweh and how wise He is and the ability and the power to take nothing and speak and His words create all that we know? Can I tell you as a pastor who has spent the last 14 years of my life thinking on God, studying God, trying to understand God, trying to know Him better, reading His Word, trying to develop the, in my mind the character of God. It can be overwhelming at times to understand that we can study God for a lifetime and still not fully know Him. It can be mind-boggling. But I'm here to tell you something, brothers and sisters. One of the healthiest things you'll ever do is learn to let your mind be boggled on the greatness of God. It's going to be boggled on something. Either your mind can be boggled on all the chaos of your surroundings and all the pain in this world and all the stuff outside of your control. You can meditate on those things. You can worry on those things. You can let those things zap your joy. But I'm going to recommend to you this morning, brothers and sisters, that when all is chaos, when you don't understand how to take the next step, when it seems like it's all but darkness in front of you, turn your eyes to the living God and meditate on Him for a while and realize He's bigger than your problems. He's bigger than anything that you face. He is stronger than your weakness. He is able to do above and abundantly beyond all that you could ever ask or imagine. And regardless of what happens in this realm, He's promised to take us home and our hope is in heaven where there'll be no dying, there'll be no pain, there'll be no suffering. Our Shepherd is going to lead us home. The Lord. The Lord. That's who I'm talking about this morning. The Lord is. The Lord is. The word is simply means that it has to exist. God is, and therefore God exists. You know, I don't have to convince a bunch of you here this morning that God exists, but there is a world of fools who would argue that there is no God. There are a world of fools who will argue that somehow nothing collided with nothing and created a bunch of something out of nothing that eventually formed into everything that we see today. What a hopeless, meaningless thought of existence. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God is. He does exist. I've watched God move. I've watched God change lives. I've watched it when God has showed up on a service and breathed life into us and we left changed. 
We left knowing we met with God. We didn't just go to church. We didn't just hear the Word preached. We didn't just sing a few songs. No, sir. No, ma'am. The God of heaven and earth, Yahweh, is His name. He came in. His presence was felt. He stirred our souls. He changed people. I've watched Him save sinners. I've watched Him set drug addicts free. I've watched Him break chains that years of help and years of doctors were unable to break because He is who He says He is. The Lord is. He is. What is He? He's everything we need. I thank God for what He is, and I also thank God for what He's not. He's not a man that He should lie. What He says is true. What He says He'll bring to pass, He always brings to pass. I sure am grateful for that. I'm thankful that that, that God tells us that we should be confident that He who began a good work in us will finish it. There's times I look at myself and I think, if this is up to me, if this is up to me, I can't do this. There's no way I could finish it. But God reminds me, son, I started it and I will finish it. You just keep plugging along. You keep trusting me. Thank God that He's faithful. Thank God that He's able. Thank God that He's all-wise. Thank God that He's all-powerful. Thank God that He's always present. He's everywhere, in every situation, wherever you are, from the furthest place of the earth to the next, God is there. He is there in a moment. He is there in a minute. He is present. He is all-powerful. Thank God He is who He says He is. The Lord is. Not only does the word is mean that God must exist. I love this. It is a present tense verb. Not God was and not God will be. He is right now. He is my shepherd right now, today. As I stand here before you, He is my shepherd. Tomorrow, He is my shepherd. Yesterday, He is my shepherd. He is at the very present hour. It's not a promise that's awaiting fulfillment. It's not a prophecy that we're waiting to happen. It is right now. It is happening now. It is a fact of the matter. He is our shepherd. He is our ever-present help in time of need. He is our strength. Look at these verses. I want to talk to you about the immediate, every day, every hour, every moment presence of God. I want you to realize the word is isn't a prophecy. It means now. Genesis 28, surely the Lord is in this place. In Exodus 15, the Lord is my strength and my song. In Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength. In 1 Corinthians, God is faithful. He is stronger than our weaknesses. He is holy. Right now, today, He is. David said, the Lord is mine. 
I love that word. He's mine. The Lord is mine. Is He yours this morning? This great eternal Creator God, He's mine. The One who has the power to obliterate my enemies at His single word, He's mine. The One who came and the winds and the waves obeyed His voice, He's mine. He's my God. He's on my side and I'm on His side. He's my shepherd this morning. Thank God that He's mine. There's a lot of things that I don't have. There's a lot of things that I don't know. There's a lot of things that I will not possess in this life of mine. But thank God I possess the only thing that really matters. Thank God that the God of heaven and earth, the One who loved me, the One who created me, the One who designed me, the One who has a purpose for me, the One who has all power, who is always present, who is all-knowing, who is all-wise, He's mine this morning. And I can rest in that blessed fact that no matter what comes my way, Yahweh is mine. The Lord is mine. Is He yours this morning? He's mine. What a blessed assurance. What a blessed assurance. The Lord is my shepherd. Here we see a very personal word for God. Shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Before we understand about the shepherd, we've got, we've got to understand about the sheep. There are a lot of animals that run in packs. Wolves. You'll find that even cows can run together and take care of themselves. You'll find that many animals do fine taking care of themselves. But there's one animal that's helpless without a shepherd, and that is sheep. Sheep do not have the ability to protect themselves. Sheep do not have the ability to care for themselves. They don't have the ability to hunt down food. They... They, they don't have the ability to, to make it through difficult places to new pasture. They don't have ability to lead themselves. There are some who have said, and there's merit behind it, it's possible that the sheep is the dumbest animal on earth. I mean, you can just lead it to the slaughter. And it will stand there while you cut its throat. There's not a lot of animals that will do that. Sheep are helpless to protect themselves. Can I tell you something, brothers and sisters? We are helpless to protect ourselves against the real enemy, against the devil. We are helpless to protect ourselves in the court of the living God. If we were to stand there and try to give an account for our sins, we would stand helpless. We need a shepherd to lead us. We need a shepherd to protect us. The Lord is my shepherd. David wrote this psalm, and what we know is that David was a shepherd boy. David actually had some understanding of sheep. 
David, when he went to Saul and he told Saul, go let me fight that giant. Go let me fight Goliath. Saul said, there's no way you can do it, boy. You're too little. David said, well, hold on a second. When I was a shepherd, I protected the sheep from some ravenous beasts. And God gave me strength to fight off these ravenous beasts, the lion, the bear. God gave me strength to fight them off so that I could protect my sheep. David understood what it was like to have sheep who were helpless without a protector. David understood what it was like to be the shepherd who was responsible for putting his life in harm's way so that the sheep might live. He understood that. And when he pinned down Psalm 23, as we will find later in the study, David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We understand that David was in a place in his life where he was running for for his life from King Saul. I want you to think about David. I'm almost done. I, I want you to think about David's life for just a brief moment when he pinned down Psalm 23. And I want you to ask yourself this morning, do you feel like you're here? David's situation was out of his control. The cards were stacked against him. King Saul was out to destroy his life. I want you to imagine you being a man with a few of your friends who think that, that they believe in you and they're on your side, but you guys are living like vagabonds out in the hills hiding for your lives. And your enemy is the king of Israel. And all of his army, and all of his knowledge, and all of his people, and all of his equipment, and all of his animals, and all of his chariots, and all of that they have is out hunting you. What a helpless feeling. This was the life of King David for many, many years. He knew what it was like to feel helpless. He knew what it was like. And, and there came a time when he realized, the only way I'm going to live, the only way I'm going to make it, the only way I'm going to survive, Yahweh is mine. That's how I'm going to make it. He's my shepherd. And David's mind went back to you. I remember the times I gave my life. I put my life on the line to protect my sheep. The Lord is that to me. Can I tell you this morning, no matter what you're facing, God will intervene for you, brother or sister. This morning, if you're a child of God, He is your shepherd. He knows what you're going through. He knows your pains and your struggles. He knows the enemies that attack. He sees what you don't see. Look to the shepherd. As our worship team comes, I'm done this morning. I want to close with one final story. There was a shepherd that had three sheepdogs who helped him care for his flock. One night, it was dark. All of his lambs were sleeping. His dogs were sleeping. And the fire was just about to go out as he was laying there next to the fire. And he began to hear a pack of coyotes in the background yelping. He knew that this meant danger for the sheep. His dogs immediately awakened and, and, and did their thing to, to take the corners to fight off any oncoming 
coyotes that were going to attack this pack of lambs. He said the, the brightest thing he could think to do was to try to make that fire so bright that it would scare off the coyotes from coming close enough where they could be seen. So he took all the wood that he had and he put it on that fire and it began to flame went way up into the air. And he said as he looked out to begin to see if the coyotes were getting any closer, he saw hundreds of little eyes staring straight at him. The eyes were the eyes of his sheep. He said, in that moment, God showed me one of the most important lessons I've ever learned as a shepherd. He said, in the middle of darkness, with danger looming, with an enemy surrounding them, the sheep weren't looking outward at the enemy. They weren't looking into the darkness. They all turned to the shepherd and were staring at their only source of safety. I read that and I thought, that's how we've got to trust God. When it's darkness and it seems like we're surrounded, don't look to the waves. Don't look to the darkness. Don't tune your ears in to the voice of the enemy. But turn to the shepherd. Turn your eyes upon Him. Fix your eyes upon Him. He is the answer to your every need. He has the power to deliver you. He has the ability to provide for you. He loves you because He is the great shepherd. Thank God this morning, the Lord, is mine. He's my shepherd. Is He your shepherd this morning? This morning, child of God, God just wants you to rest in His presence. He wants to see your eyes looking His way in the darkness. This morning, maybe you're here and you're not saved. You can't say with certainty, the Lord is my shepherd. Can I tell you, He wants to be. The shepherd stands with arms wide open. He says, come to me this morning. Lord, I pray that You'd move all across this room. God, we are so grateful that You are our shepherd. God, we pray, Father, that You'd help us in the chaos of life. Not to meditate on the chaos of life, but to meditate on the greatness of our God. God, we pray that this song would become a great source of peace and power in our lives. Lord, we've only opened it up. God, we've only looked at one simple statement. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, but God, how precious a statement is it. God, we invite You to finish whatever it is You've started in each and every individual heart here in this morning. In Jesus' name. As heads are bowed, as eyes are closed, as Christians are in the attitude of prayer, maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I need to be saved. God is stirring in my heart as you preached. And I cannot say with certainty that He's my shepherd. I want to know that I'm saved. I want to know that He is mine. And I don't want to leave the same way I came in. If that's you, would you be willing to stand up out of your seat and look me in the eyes? Preacher, that's me. I want to be saved. I want to know that He's my shepherd. Is there anybody here this morning? Church, look up here. God's dealt with your heart this morning. I want to encourage you to come. Maybe you just want to kneel before your shepherd and thank Him for everything that He is. Thank Him for everything that He's been. 
Maybe you just want to take a brief moment to remember. He's going to lead me home. He is who He says He is. He's always been faithful. He's faithful today. And He's going to be faithful to the end. There's a need in your life as we sing a song of worship. If you just want to come and kneel before the Lord, won't you come? Amen.